Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, everybody. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Santer. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps Studio in Hattiesburg. It was supposed to be my day off, but I'm glad to I, I'm glad to be with you, Kelly, even on my day off. Well, yeah, I I could have. I hate that you had. To, I mean, I could have handled this probably by myself, but but I'm glad that you're here. Do you really think? Huh? That I could handle it by myself? Yeah, the tech, the, the board off. Oh, no, no, okay, no. That right, I couldn't right, have. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, glad to be here with Kelly. Broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studio in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Luke is out today, kind of cloudy and overcast today, but we got a good show for you. Patrick McGee, our good buddy from NOLA.com, about to join us. We're going to have the former Mr. Southern Miss from 2020 in the studio with. I never even get like a note from the Alumni Association. This how, I'm going to ask him, how do you become Mr. Southern Miss? It's voted upon. Oh, okay. Well, I would have no chance. <laughs> and then Will East uh, will be on later. We'll talk a little bit about high school football. But let's get down to New Orleans. Patrick McGee, NOLA.com. Patrick, is it fair to say with the new quarterback in town and all the expectations, the Saints are off to a disappointing start after the loss to the Bucks? Yeah, I mean, two and two isn't you know a disaster. You know, there's a, several teams that would be happy to be two and two at this point in the season. But uh, you know, they should have won the Packers game. The Buccaneers outplayed them. They won that you know straight up. But yeah, I mean, the, what's disappointing is that the offense continues to sputter. Uh, you've seen moments where they play well. I thought they played well in the second half of both games that they won. Uh, but as a whole. You know, Derek Carr didn't look quite himself. He missed on some throws that he generally made through the first three weeks of the season. He's dealing with that sprain in his shoulder. Uh, but overall, there was really no excuse for how badly they played on offense against the Buccaneers. Uh, nine points, not able to get into the end zone. Uh, it, there's just a lot of discontent among Saints fans uh, in regards to Pete Carmichael. I mean, we're really in a stretch of good 10 to 12 games uh, where the Saints offense just hasn't been good enough. Uh, they've just been eking out wins, you know. Uh, so it's it's you know I, I leaving that Buccaneers game. I thought there was a chance that they were going to move on from Carmichael as offensive coordinator, uh, but Allen came. Uh, uh, Dennis Allen came out and said that he wasn't going to make any changes to the staff. Uh, now that could, I, I'm sure that could easily change if the Saints get uh, get knocked around again this weekend by the the Patriots or something like that. But uh, Dennis Allen seems to. Want continuity, but continuity on offense is not delivering results at 
But Dennis Allen, his performance so far, is that, I mean, is it fair to say it's it's been a little below expectation as well? Yeah, I mean, it, I, you know, the, the, the players you know, on the, are on the roster. It is an older roster. Uh, but, you you know, there aren't many – there weren't supposed to be many, be many weak spots on the team coming in. Now, off, offensive line-wise, they have looked a little bit off, but I think there was actually improvement uh, in the Buccaneers game. So, it, I, I thought as long as the offensive line trended in the right direction, the team would kind of, you know, build up steam and get into the playoffs. Um, but, you know, you got to get Derek Carr right. you got to get him healthy. Uh, you got to do a lot of right things. But Dennis Allen right now, he's – He's going to have, you know, he's kind of gets lost in the shuffle. He's a guy that doesn't bring attention on himself, but I think he really needs to step up and show some fire and show fans that he cares and show these players, you know, that he is, you know, he's got to be, be willing to be mad. <laughs> and uh, right now, I think a lot of people are kind of looking for leadership and it's, it's just not where it should be. Well, when you look at a lot of people weren't convinced, Patrick, that Derek Carr was all that great of a quarterback right. when he signed the free agent deal with the Saints. But, man, when you compare the Saints' productivity with him in the lineup compared to Jameis Winston, boy, the, the Saints are spending a lot of money on a backup quarterback that I could probably move the team just as well as, as he has. Yeah, I mean, Jameis, you know, it's the quarterback situation it really does come down to that. I mean, you just don't have a true breeze there. Uh, they're just, you know, in the last two to three years, you haven't seen many games where the quarterback really showed up and, and led the way. And you've got this is a quarterback-driven league. And I, I thought at some point this season, you know, going into the midway point of the season, you would see Derek Carr in this offense uh, begin to open up. And that may still happen. He can get healthier. Uh, Pete Carmichael can kind of gain some confidence and, and mix things up a little bit on offense. But uh, at at this moment, it's hard to have confidence in Carmichael and, and Derek Carr in that offense as a whole. The players are there; they have good receivers. They have Alvin Kamara back. Uh, I think the offensive line is going to get a little bit better as we go along. Uh, but you know, to me, you know, the finger's got to be pointed somewhere. And last week, it really was pointing at Carmichael and Carr. I mean, we're only about a fourth of the way into the season, so obviously a lot of football to be played. But right. the Saints, it kind of was assumed we're going to waltz to the NFC South you know, division championship, you've got teams like Detroit, much better than people thought they were going to be. We knew San Francisco and Philadelphia were going to be salty. So you're looking at Saints maybe having a, a two or a three seed in the playoffs. Heck, I'm not even convinced they're going to win the South right now. Yeah, no, the South is uh, – it doesn't really surprise me because the NFL is so uh, you know, predictable and, the, and both the Buccaneers and the Falcons made some good moves, uh, especially the Falcons, I thought, on defense. Uh, so yeah, I mean these, the the Falcons are Buccaneers, and Buccaneers are better than expected. That means the Saints have to step it up. The Saints right now are underwhelming, uh, so it can change. I mean this this team's two and two. That defense is still pretty darn good. Uh, if the offense kind of just finds some some momentum, uh, and this week seems a decent opportunity, even though it's on the road against the Patriots, uh, this this is a crucial game. This is a game that the Saints really need to win. Yeah. Speaking of a team that doesn't have a quarterback, that's the Patriots. I mean, that kid's not playing very well. And as Patrick says, by quarterback, it seems to be the way you do in the NFL. Well, and I, and I compare the Saints' offensive output to, to – you can compare the Saints to the Bengals, really. And I know the Bengals are my team, but, but the Saints and the Bengals have all these great offensive weapons and just aren't scoring points. I mean, the yeah. math does not add up. Yeah. Patrick, uh, we've got three and a half minutes uh, in the segment, and, and I know you cover primarily the Saints, but you covered excellently for many, many years Southern Miss football. Right. Uh, Southern Miss one and four. Uh, 
in kind of a toss-up game this weekend, enormous disappointment, obviously, uh, throughout the area. How, how surprised are you at this start? And uh, have you been able to observe it enough to maybe put your finger on what you think the problem is? No, I mean, I haven't, you know, I haven't been able to watch much. I know they're playing, it's Old Dominion this weekend, a game I, I assume is going to be competitive. Um, it's a home game. But, no, I've asked, you know, I've asked people I know that follow the the team, and it it doesn't really add up. The explanations I'm hearing is, oh, the offensive line is bad. Well, I mean, a lot of the players that have an offensive line were with the team a year ago. Uh, you know, what? I, I don't understand why they would almost regress, you know. And, and the production they're getting out of the quarterback position is not very good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm baffled, you know, why the team is this bad and it's taken a step back. Uh, you know, you felt like there was momentum there coming off of last season. And it just really, you start to question, you know, what's going on. And, and really, you know, the only thing I can think of is, is, is it, you know, if these guys aren't delivering on a weekly basis and there are the players in place, you know, much like we're pointing at Pete Carmichael and Dennis Allen, you got to po- point at the coaching staff. So no. uh, there's, there's got to be, you know, something's got to change in a hurry for this Southern Miss football team. Or this is turning into quickly into really a, a terrible season. So uh, we'll see. I, I'm not as in, anywhere near as in tune as I used to be with Southern Miss football. Uh, I was, I'm able to kind of tune in more for baseball during baseball season just because right. I've got LSU and Saints just eating up all my time. But, I got you. Uh, I got you. I, I'm surprised to see where things are for Southern Miss football. Well, you're right. Must win Old Dominion this week. And then thereafter, your next four of your next five games are against South Alabama, Appalachian State, the raging Cajuns and Troy, there's just you know, there's not an easy out there for Southern Miss. They they really need to turn this thing around the, Saturday night. But the most consistent thread you hear from all Southern Miss fans is exactly what Patrick said. I'm puzzled. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. It doesn't add up. The, the math isn't there. We're, yeah. They're supposed to be improved, and so far it just hasn't been that way. Right. Right. Uh, and yeah. Jeremy McLean has said, you know, hopefully Saturday night will begin. The turnaround and one the importance of one win and how practice can improve, how your the spirit and morale yeah. of the team can improve. But getting that first one sometime is the toughest. Kind of odd how the two teams, the Saints and the Eagles, are, are mirroring each other right now. <laughs> yeah, you know? they are. It is yeah. kind of weird. So really important, really, really important for New Orleans to get this thing turned around. And Baker Mayfield coming into Tampa seems to have kind of changed the complexion of things, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, Mayfield, as long as Tampa had competent quarterback play, they had a chance to be a pretty good team. You know, they've been a good squad with Tom Brady. If they come in and get good QB play, they get they got a chance to compete in the division, and that's what we're seeing out in Tampa right now. Uh, the Saints don't have it. That's the way it's in the NFL. You don't have much room for error, but the Saints even have less than they expected coming into the season. They're going to have to, at some point, going to have to get on a winning streak, win three or four games. Uh, just to get some confidence going and get themselves in a position to close out the division eventually. All right, my friend. I uh, appreciate your input every week. Go uh, go have a good time this weekend in the Big Easy, Patrick. Oh, gosh. I'm looking forward to the fall weather. Y'all enjoy it. All right, Patrick McGee, everybody. From NOLA.com. Homecoming on campus at Southern Miss, Bob. And in the next segment of the Eagle Hour, we're going to talk to a guy who was Mr. Southern Miss of 2020, back in town for homecoming. And a really unique story about Tony Romanique III, whose brother has some Sunbelt ties. We're going to talk with him about that and more stuff. You were Mr. Iowa State, were you not? Yeah, I was voted most abs in a bodybuilding contest <laughs> one time.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Right, our thanks to Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. That update on the Saints. Need to win a football game uh, Sunday. Need to see a win Saturday night and Sunday if you're a Golden Eagle and Saints fan, as many, many of you are. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studios on a Friday afternoon. Bob and Kelly opening segment was sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Be a great place to take the family this weekend. If you're in town for the football game, I would guarantee you the food will be delicious. Also, got to stop by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net on Hardy Street. Tell Miss Kathleen, Kelly and Bob said hello, that we were singing her praises. Right, Stanner? They have everything you need to talk about with Christmas shopping coming up, whether you want something as inexpensive as a Southern Miss keychain or ashtray, whatever. They've got everything, not just clothes there. They've got everything with a Southern Miss logo on it. At Campus Bookmart, you can visit them online, campusbookmart.net. Is it then a bright yellow building right across the street from the main entrance at Southern Miss? Joining us in this segment now, Tony Romanique the third, who was Mr. Southern Miss in 2020. That was not a bodybuilding competition. That was <laughs> a, as an ambassador to the university. Just finished a run of the Buddy Holly story up in Louisville, Kentucky, and we'll uh, open another show come November 12th. Actor, uh, singer, MC, doing a lot of work now. And interesting as we welcome you, Tony, you're, you're oh, back yes. for homecoming. Oh, yes, happy to be back. Hey, yeah. Everybody. Good to be back in Hattiesburg. And yes. Family's oh, here. Yes, food is good. Yeah. So, but an interesting <laughs> story <laughs> in that your brother actually plays football for James Madison in yeah. the Sun Belt. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, house divided. Yeah, real. so how did that yeah. – but he didn't start at James Madison. No. He, he started at Arkansas State. Yeah, he originally started at Arkansas State, and he transferred his uh, junior year once the coaching staff and things right. switched up. So I uh, went to James Madison and has been doing the thing there his first year there, he was starting, so it's just been so cool to see him continue his, you know, to use his gifts and shine for real. So yeah, and they're undefeated, undefeated five and zero. And you may get to see him play next weekend. I'm trying to go next weekend. I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to make it. Well, yeah, you're back in rehearsals November 12th, so you don't have a whole lot of time <laughs> no, to be able. No, to... No, I don't. I do not. Yeah. We actually start October 30th so at the end of this month. Yeah, show opens on the 12th. Yeah, on the yeah. 12th. Okay, mm-hmm. so you don't even have that much time. Yeah, no, no less time actually. Yeah. What is, What is really unique about your story, I think, too, Tony, and and most people would not know this from listening to you and and to our listeners full disclosure i got tony's permission to talk about this before we went on the air but as an actor singer doing a lot of things that you do live on stage and having to think you know on your feet you were and are a stutterer that's true a stutterer yeah so how nobody would know that i don't think yeah how have you dealt with it uh, particularly in auditions and things, let's just, mm-hmm. how have you dealt with it? Let's start there. I think the biggest word is confidence, knowing that I am capable of speaking, which makes me capable to still perform and act. So the confidence that I really honestly think just comes from the Lord that he has allowed me to exude on this earth is what keeps me you know, calm and keeps me grounded so I can speak freely. But yeah, it's crazy. I, uh, it's funny because, you know, I got to speak in front of people as my profession and when i get off the stage i'm like that 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 but um it's just the when i'm I'm, I'm on the stage it doesn't happen and in a in a social setting Uh in all fairness in a social setting sometimes you'll be able to tell yeah yeah you know Uh but when you were auditioning for different parts and so on were you ever afraid that if anybody knew that you were a stutterer, that that would be held against you oh yes especially in my early years and i was first starting to act and seeing what 
I thought theater was, which was with all these people who came from the same backgrounds or you know looked the same way, spoke the same way, and I was not like that. So I was like, is there a place for me here? And feeling like that, knowing that I stutter and you know kind of have difficulty with speaking, feeling like I wouldn't fit in or be accepted or even have the chance to have a space, you know. But again, going back to having that confidence, just walking in the rooms like I am supposed to be there and speaking, knowing that I can speak just as well as anybody else in the room. I just have to prepare myself, you know. But nobody wants to ever feel rejection. Right, right, In right. any way, shape, anyway, or form. Yeah. So it would have been real easy for you to just to say, you know what, I'm not even going to go there. Not That's even going to try it. That's true, yeah. I, I never have been a quitter. My, my daddy always raised us with the mindset just to not quit. If you start something, stick to it. And um, especially for me to get into acting and to get plugged into, like, Stay Struck Performance Studio here, those types of things, I had to, like, push my daddy because I wanted to do it so bad and he was like okay you want to do it so he got me in it and I could not quit so I'm appreciative of that like mindset because it taught me to keep going and if there is extra work involved in me getting comfortable enough to say the words so I can do it you know in the first rehearsal even I'm fine with doing that because I know this is what I want to do one but two even though things are tough younger me was not about to quit just because things are tough, you know? Country singer Mel Tillis was, and many of our listeners will know who Mel Tillis was, he was a stutterer, mm-hmm. and he said that it never affected him when he sang because the words were already written. Yeah, that's true. All he had to do was recite just the words. It, yeah. Same, I guess, is true of a script. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you find having to be extemporaneous, think on your feet, is more difficult than actually reciting lines that are on a piece of paper in front of you? It can be. But I think now at the point where I am in my my career, my brain and my body just knows how to do the thing. And I can improv with the best of them and, you know, spit and be quick with it with the rest of them, which is, again, crazy to me because in normal conversation, if I'm doing that, it would upset me because, you know, you have a certain time to make a joke and if the window is gone it's gone but i get so excited as i'm stuttering and i don't get it out but you know if i'm on stage it happens final question before we get on to southern miss uh-huh. uh, related stuff alcoholics will say they are always alcoholics right <laughs> you know they're recovering out are are stutterers always stutterers i think so and i'll tell you why because one everybody stutters so you're always going to stumble at some point in your life and i think because as stutterers, we take speech classes and things like that. We know the tools to use to speak slowly and to get the words out. So I think because we know what to do, it prevents us from doing what's natural to us. But because it's natural to you, I think it's still going to come out. Because people don't know I stutter until I get comfortable and I start stuttering. Pretty amazing, really. Thank I mean, you. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So, Tony, when I was at Southern Miss, at the end of every semester when I would re-enroll, they would say, do you really want to re-enroll? Do you really think that's necessary? So, clearly, I never got approached about being Mr. Southern Miss. Yeah. Tell us how that came about for you. The people at school are just so nice and thought so highly of me to nominate me. And then uh, several of my peers in my class were nominated. And um, from that, the student body had to vote on who would make it into like the runoffs. And then it was me and a couple other people. And then on the day that the results were supposed to happen for the runoff, both of them decided not to compete anymore. So I pretty much became a shoe-in because there were no results to read. I, um, so I would have wanted to 
have won with the numbers. But uh, they both sent me kind messages telling me that they think I de- deserved it and they didn't want to compete against me. And I was, I appreciate it, I guess, because they were my friends. But I was like, oh, you know, it was a little friendly competition. Well, they only dropped out after you broke their arms. You know? <laughs> <laughs> sent Benny to see them. Yeah, don't yeah. run. <laughs> that, that's so right. Were you involved in theater all during your Southern Miss career? Yes, I majored in theater all four years I was there. And that was a cool journey, too, getting me exposed to the techniques of theater, things I didn't even know about. But Southern Miss has a great program for theater, which is um, they have like a national Reputation, So it was so cool to be training with people who were like on Broadway and performing in London in the 1980s when theater was like its peak of like work. They were the ones doing it. So it was so great to be under their leadership. So this weekend, homecoming. Homecoming. A lot of people back in town, including some of your Yes, friends. my friends. The gang is back together, y'all. When I tell you, when I found out I was able to make it, I texted all of my friends and I was like, are you coming to town? So, so many of us classes from like 2016 are coming back. And 2016 was my my freshman year so i'm so happy to know that like seniors who are were my friends i'll get to s- see them again so. homecoming really is a special time i think yeah, it is we're coming home and especially when you move away and start your career and the and me being born and raised in hattiesburg and being in louisville kentucky it's a totally different speed and totally different environment so to come back to my roots my community where people know me and call me t instead of tony you know it's, it's just nice to be where i'm from Home. Oh, actually, Bob is going to reunite with a lot of his classmates. I have to take Uh-oh. him to the cemetery. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> and then, we, and we, don't forget, we need to run by the county jail. Yeah, the ones, the ones that aren't, in, yeah, in the jail. Are, uh, so, how did your brother end up at James Madison playing football? If you guys are from here, he is. A dreamer just like me. My daddy always taught us to go for what we dream for. So same thing with me. I pushed my daddy to do, put me in theater. He pushed my daddy into putting him into foot football. So my daddy got him signed up in teams, has been amazing since he started. He went to camps all over the country, scouted schools. People have been scouting him. So it's so cool to see like his, I guess, career or whatever you would call it in the football world. But see that have grown since he started in third grade to now him him as a 21-year-old. Now, Southern Miss does not play James Madison this year. Unfortunately not, no. <laughs> yeah, but if that were to happen, I mean, uh, who would you cheer for, Tony? Oh, it's a good question. <laughs> so, oh, I think on, Tony, I would have a T-shirt in half. I think I would do Eagles. I'm going to do the Golden Eagles. I would have to go. Love you, Jer, but I believe black and blue. So, hey. Right, Tony. Welcome, <laughs> back. Welcome back in town. Uh, Thank congratulations you. on all your success and Thank you for sharing that with us Thank today. You. Thanks for giving me the space to share. Thank All you. Right. We'll be right back. Will East, talk a little high school football next. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob and Kelly, we're in the Southern Bank Corps studio in Hattiesburg. Luke is out today. I want to thank Town & Country Cleaners in Hattiesburg, the most trusted dry cleaning service around for their sponsorship of our program. 
Family owned and operated since 1983. They offer services like curtains, rugs, and of course, dry cleaning, steaming as well. You can visit Town & Country Cleaners at their convenient location. They've been there for a long time, right on Hardy Street across from the Southern Miss campus. Remind you as well, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast 24-7. 365 on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour. Every Friday, we bring uh, Will East, Program Director for Super Talk Mississippi and co-host of the Super Talk High School Scoreboard Program on our show to talk a little high school football. I was listening to you and Kelly off air, Will, and you guys are saying you're already kind of in the back stretch of the season. It is amazing how fast this is going by. You know, as you get older, guys, things just speed up on you. Right. A lot of things slow down, but then everything else seems to speed up. Yeah, you got some teams that have maybe three games left, uh, four games left. Some of the larger schools have still have five weeks left, but that's that's a month and a and a game. I mean, that's not a whole lot of time left, and it's just now cooling down and getting you know football weather out there. But yeah, it's, it'll be over with before you know it. All right, before we get into any specific games, Will, this far into the season, are there any big surprises that uh, that jump out at you? And if so, what are they? I think the biggest surprise to me has been the parity. Um, we knew that it was going to happen with these the new classification, adding that 7th A classification, kind of spreading everybody out a little bit. I'm surprised how quick it's taken. I mean, we have a few undefeated teams still remaining, like Oak Grove and Lewisville and Holmes County. But not many. Uh, you know, Jones, West Jones is undefeated. But, you know, when I start looking at the teams and saying, man, I could see this team in the state championship game, it's not a ton of them. I mean, most teams have a, a glaring weakness. Uh, most teams don't have – most of the teams that are competitive don't have, you know, a huge uh, weakness. So it's like there's a bunch of teams kind of in the middle. I, I, that's what I see is I see parity, kind of like what we saw – you know, with the NFL and what uh, the transfer portal is doing now to uh, college football, is you see a lot more parity. There's not as many super dominant teams as there once were, um, and I think this is going to this trend is going to continue as we go on throughout this this new classification of seven A. Well, I wanted to ask you about we're seeing more and more games scheduled on Thursday nights because of the yeah. lack of officials that are available to work. Of course, it used to be where junior college was Thursday, high schools were Friday. Division one, you know, all the college football games on Saturday, the NFL on on Sunday and Monday. But do you see that trend continuing? That more and more high school schedules are going to be split between Thursday and Friday. And if so, good or bad, in your opinion? I, I think it's bad uh, because it hurts the junior colleges. I've, oh, I'm a I'm a junior college guy. I went to ICC. I got a lot of family that that work there, and I know how important it is uh, to those people there. And I know that it hurts them. Uh, especially if you have a, a town that has a, a JUCO team that's playing at home, and then you got a, you know, maybe a cross town, you got a high school game going on. Well, you're you're splitting it up there, and that has happened. Um, I, it's a bad thing, but I think it's going to continue. Um, okay. And it, it's led by the NFL now that has you know Thursday night football. I, I just think you're going to see more and more of it. You know, Thursday night used to be the night where we would have you know, Juco football, and that was it. I mean, you didn't have any college games. Then college games, now NFL games. I, I think it's going to continue. And by the way, they're not adding a whole ton of referees that I that I know of. They're looking for more referees. It's just not a big group of people out there wanting to be a referee because it's such a tough gig. Uh, people that do it love it, but it's a tough gig, and 
as long as that continues, we're going to see more and more Thursday night games. No, well, nobody's really into verbal harassment that <laughs> <laughs> no. you know, I know it's a of. Tough job. Yeah, yeah, it is. And actually, there were some games last night, and one of the most intriguing scores you mentioned, West Jones, and you can set us straight on this. Uh, the final score was two to nothing last night in high school football? What's up? West Jones' defense is so good. How good are they? They're so good, they scored every point in the game. Every <laughs> point in the game. Two to nothing, they beat uh, Terry. I think I think West Jones threw an interception that was – I can't remember the exact sequence of plays, but they had the ball at the two-yard line, and then, and then uh, West Jones' defense came through. That, that front seven is so good for them. Uh, wins two to nothing. I mean, when you got a, de- a defense as good as West Jones, which is the best in the state, by the way, uh, right now, uh, you don't need a whole lot of points. In fact, you can let your defense score all the points. So let's take a look at some of the the spotlight games tonight that you and your crew will look at tonight, especially on the scoreboard show that begins at ten o'clock on Super Talk affiliates across the state. What are some of the uh, ones you guys will have a keen eye on? Biggest one tonight, in my opinion, is Tupelo at Madison Central. Both teams are kind of reeling. Um, both teams are have two losses. Tupelo's four and two. Madison Central's three and two. They've lost two in a row, and both of those losses were incredibly close. Um, Tupelo lost on a, a really a head scratching play uh, where the the team forgot who the kickoff return guy was. You know, Steve thought Bill was the kickoff guy. Bill thought Steve was the kickoff guy, and they just let the ball go over their heads. Uh, uh, West Point got the ball, scored touchdown, and they never looked back. Uh, so this is one that's really important because in regional play now with Region 2 of 6A, there's only five teams, which means your margin for error is much less. The losses in a regional game um, count for a lot more. So if you lose tonight, if you're Madison Central or Tupelo, you're really behind the eight ball because the rest of the teams are pretty deadgum good in that region. So that's a big one that we're watching tonight. Another one is Lake Cormorant, who's undefeated going to Grenada. The Gators. The, the Gators of Lake Cormorant are 5-0, and and they've got this kid by the name of Camarion Franklin. He's six foot five, 265 pounds, defensive end, who, by the way, doesn't just play defense. So they'll line him up at tight end. He has four touchdowns this year. He is a load. They cannot stop him on defense. They can't stop him on offense. And Lake Cormoran is 5-0 and because of it. But they're going to be playing a really good Grenada team. That's going to be a tough, tough game. There's going to be some bruises after that one. It's, it's going to be rough. On the coast, probably the big game is Picayune at Pascagoula because Picayune, and if you're a West Jones fan, listen up, because Picayune's reeling a bit right now. Chris Jones, or Chris Davis, star running back for Picayune's been hurt, hasn't played the past couple of games, has a shoulder injury. Picayune lost that, that game against Ocean Springs two weeks ago by 10 points, kind of reeling a little bit, and they're going over to a Pascagoula team. That's, they're off to their best start, and I think, Ten years. Uh, they're four and one. They're getting things done on offense with Silas Quarter at quarterback. They in their last game against Biloxi, he had I think th- three fifty-plus yard touchdown strikes. I mean, they are they are doing it right now. And and Pat Picayune's kind of on the ropes. And they're the team in six A that West Jones is competing for in the south part of six A. I would say for best team. Well, uh, West Jones is definitely the, the best team right now, but Picayune's on the ropes. When you look at a tale of two cities, you know, one of the worst teams in the state to begin the season, and that nobody could put their finger on as to why they were so bad is the Brandon Bulldogs, but they apparently have righted the ship. They have. Last night they beat Petal, I believe, fifty-four to seventeen or fifty-four to 
14, something like that. All of a sudden, they they started the season 0-2. Now they've won, I believe, four in a row, and it's starting to kind of get some momentum. And I think that's what happened to them last year. I think they, they started with a loss, if I'm not mistaken, last year and then got some momentum and carried it all the way to the state championship game. What's interesting is Brandon's next game is against you-know-who, Oak Grove, and that will probably, I would say definitely be the biggest game of the week next week. Uh, Oak Grove tonight uh, has Meridian at Meridian. I think they'll probably handle business there. Oak Grove's number one team in 7A, maybe the number one team in the state. Lewis full of four A's, another undefeated team that I would rank right there with them. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be a huge one next week. And Bob, they talk about, you know, Will's talking about five teams in some of those regions. Well, the MHSAA puts four teams from each region in the playoffs. So with all due respect to all the teams out there, and I haven't mentioned a specific one because there's a bunch of them, but you don't necessarily have to be that good even to make the playoffs. Almost the opposite of what you see in JUCO football where so few teams get to participate in the playoffs. Are there just too many teams in the high school playoffs, uh, Will? Yeah, the the playoffs – and look, there's a myriad of reasons why this is happening, and I won't get into all that. But, yeah, playoffs are too long, in my opinion. I mean, it's half the season almost. You go from, right. what, the beginning of November to early December, so you got a month and a week maybe of playoff games. It's a lot. And, yes, it's fun to make the playoff games, but, yes, there are teams there are teams that, you know, they maybe win one regional game, and because they win the right regional game, they're in the playoffs. You know, that, if you're that team, then that's really great. But for everybody else, it's like, oh, we have to go and play this team. We know we're going to win. But we still got to go, we still got to host them or whatever. So yeah, I, I could see kind of both sides of it. Uh, I've always thought the high school. I love high school football. I mean, I host a show for it, but I've always thought it was too long. Uh, it's it, you know, from late August to early December is a long, long season. And but uh, like we said earlier, it does go by in a flash. No question. Always fun to catch up with you every Friday, Will. We really uh, appreciate your time. Ten o'clock tonight, right? High school scoreboard yes, show. Yes, sir. All right. Will East, everybody. Thanks, Will. Thank you. Co-host of the High School Scoreboard Show, program director for Super Talk Mississippi. Those playoffs are long because the MHSAA gets a yeah, cut of that money. 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 Oh, follow thanks, the money. Thanks, thanks to uh, beautiful new graphics in the building. Man, signs first in Hattiesburg. Knocked it out of the park. One step closer to being on television for this yeah, show, right? Really, really pretty. We'll be back. Big weekend for the Golden Eagle football team. We've got our picks coming up. Hang on. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, so many guests to thank today. I want to thank Will East uh, from Super Talk Mississippi for joining us. Tony Romanique III, uh, former Mr. Southern Miss. And, of course, Patrick McGee, uh, who works for NOLA.com, covers the Saints and the LSU Tigers and does a great job of Keeping all of our Saints fans around South Mississippi up to date, they can't get better coverage of New Orleans football than you'll get from Patrick. All right, Kelly, here we are. We'll get to the picks here in just a minute. Friday afternoon, homecoming, one and four. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's concerning, Kelly. Well, this, this is the week it ends, Bob. Now, I have picked against Southern Miss every week only for the sake of the record, not because of where my heart is, but only for the sake of my record. I am one game behind Luke. You are two games behind Luke. We closed the gap a little bit last week, but I'm picking the Eagles this week, so I already told you that. But let's run down our slate of, uh, of games this week uh, involving Sunbelt teams. It starts with Marshall at North Carolina State. Marshall at NC State. The Wolfpack, a seven-point favorite. Bob, what say you? Well, I think it being a home game, Wolfpack pretty decent football team. I'm, I'm going with the pack. I am as well. Luke has already made his picks. He's not with us today. He also likes NC State, so that's a sweep. In uh, the conference, Texas State. This is a conference game across the board. Texas State at Lafayette to take on the Cajuns. The Cajuns are a three-point pick. That's in this a game, surprising, don't you think? I think so too. Uh, we'll start with uh, Luke, and he is taking he is taking the Bobcats on the road. You know, I think uh, the Bobcats showed in the second half uh, of the game last week they're vulnerable. I mean, you know, they're not perfect. I'm going to go with the Raging Cajuns. Okay. All right, well, you're going to go by yourself then. Yeah. Good for you because I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take. Texas State as well in that contest. Another contest in Sunbelt, Arkansas State, winners of two in a row. They will go into Troy and face a 16-point favorite in the Trojans. It all ends for Arkansas State Saturday night in Troy, Alabama. And it might get ugly. It could. <laughs> so we'll take Troy across the board in that one. Next one, this has got the makings of, I think, a, a pretty good game. Uh, despite the spread, South Al goes into Monroe to take on the Warhawks, and the Jags are a 13-point favorite at Monroe. Really? What do you think? The Jags. Okay, well, Luke, Luke's taking the Jags, too. I'm going to take the Warhawks, even though they're 13. 13- well, this is where you and I will be tied after. Well, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, ULM lost on the last play of the game last week against a, a good team. I think ULM's better than than uh, than anybody gives them credit for, and I'm just not sold on South Al. So I'm going to take ULM in that game. Uh, go outside the conference now. Fresno State, six-point favorites at Wyoming. Luke picks these games. He likes the Wyoming Cowboys where for did, some reason. Where did this come from? I, I don't know. Wyoming came through for him last week, but he's picking against them this week, taking Fresno. Fresno State at Wyoming? Yes. We're picking that. Do you have any yes, idea the you, record of these two teams? Uh, Fresno's the six-point favorite on the road. Well, I'll go with a favorite because I don't have a clue. Okay. All right. We've got to talk to Luke about these games we're picking. All right. So we're taking – all of us taking Fresno. In the NFL, the Jags and the Bills are playing in London. Buffalo, a six-point favorite. Well, I'm animately opposed to all this silliness about playing in London. They've had the Jaguars over there for two weeks now. Very unfair. Very unfair to the Jaguar fans. But as your friend in Washington told me, they really don't care what fans think. Uh, the Bills will romp and stomp the Jaguars. I agree, and uh, so does Luke in that one. Okay, in the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens, the Fighting Munkins, go to Pittsburgh to take on the Steel Curtain. I like I like Munkin, man. I think he's one of the best cook football coaches in the land, and uh, I think he's got the Ravens rolling. Uh, Luke does too. I will make it a sweep for the Ravens, and ugh, I don't want to pick either one of those teams, but just for the sake of the record. Sunday night's game. How about them Cowboys go out to San Francisco to take on 
The 49ers, who knows? The village people might be there. The cow, they hear the Cowboys are coming to town. How about them Cowboys going to get that butt whipped? <laughs> By the 49ers? So you think two in a row, huh? I think so, too. I'll take the 49ers. Coastal Carolina at App State. Excuse me, Crap State. Yeah, well, Coastal has let me down, and App State seems to be pretty average. So I'm going to take the home team and, and go with App State. It's App State across the board. I will take App State. So does Luke. And, of course, the uh, marquee game, homecoming at Southern Miss, Old Dominion, the Monarchs, coming into Hattiesburg against the Eagles. The Eagles are two-point favorites in this game. What Luke pick? Luke, well, you know who Luke Luke took. He took the Eagles. And who are you taking? I'm going to take the Eagles for the first time. I think this is the day they get it turned around. And I don't make any money on this, whether I win or lose. And I want to see Southern Miss do better, so I'm taking the Golden Eagles. There you go. Okay, well, let's let's hope that's. I've been right every single week so far on the Eagles. So I'm hoping that my perfect record stays intact and that they pull this one off. Tomorrow against ODU, put some continued pressure on that quarterback back there, and they add to that 27-sack total that the ODU has given up so far. All right, uh, homecoming, 6 o'clock kickoff, longer halftime. All the homecoming stuff gives you more time to be in the concession stand line, uh, do whatever you do during halftime. Uh, But just come, okay, please. Load up the family, come, let the guys, when they come on the field, see a crowd there, please support them. We'll be there. We hope you will, too, and we'll be back Monday to – Tell you how it all turned out. Get the opinion of the coach. Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.